Hail Mary, full of grace. Don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be the Son of the Most High, and his kingdom will never end. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said come true. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. She will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Well, good morning, Hope. It is so good to be together. And uh, can we just praise God for all these kids one more time? Man, they are just, uh, you guys did awesome. You guys are amazing. God loves you guys so much. It's incredible. And I just love it. Whenever the kids uh, get a chance to sing, whenever they get to be on stage, it teaches us as adults how to worship. And the truth is that it can be a, a little chaotic sometimes. It can be a little like, hey, uh, man, is there a way to get 12 billion kids on and off a stage in 30 seconds? No, there isn't. Uh, that's impossible. Uh, but man, it's worth it. Can I get an amen? amen? Amen. It's so, so good to see you guys. See you guys. Good job. You guys also dressed up. You're looking great. This is great. So uh, Lutherans make good looking kids. Can I get an amen there too? Yeah. Hey, thanks band. Appreciate you. Oh, you're spilling the object lesson here. It's all right. It's okay. It's all good. I got it. I got it. It takes a team, you know. Um, okay, so today I'm really, really excited uh, because there's just been so many amazing things that are going on uh, that are leading up to Christmas. It's the fourth week of Advent, and it just seems like it's been thing after thing after thing after thing, and the grand finale is coming up this next week with Christmas Eve services and celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that your heart's ready. I hope that you uh, are excited for what God is going to do. Uh, it's been so cool to see how God's been working in so many different ways. Uh, that video clip that you saw just a moment ago, that was from uh, Journey to the Light. Uh, if you, so it might be familiar to you. Uh, if you drove through, you saw the, the video displayed. And those are some folks in our church that made that video. You might know uh, Chase Allen from, uh, from the Iowa State football team. Plays a great Gabriel, uh, you know, great mustache for Gabriel. Who thinks that Gabriels all need mustaches? All, all Christmas is going forward. Henceforth, Gabriel will have a, a mustache. Another amen in the house, please. Well, that was, that was so-so, but uh, okay. And then uh, Joseph had a mustache too. I don't know what the mustaches were all about, but I mean, they're in, I guess. Also, did you know mullets are back? Did you know that? Like, it's actually popular to have a mullet. The one guy from the 80s is like, yeah, it's back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, okay, so what we're going to talk about today, uh, we're going to talk about Mary today. And uh, uh, how many of y'all have heard of Mary, the mother of Jesus? Anybody heard of, heard of her before? Go ahead and raise your hand if you've heard of her. Uh, yeah, all, most all of us. Even if you're not a Christian, you've probably heard of Mary before. Uh, and uh, I want to talk about Mary today because there is something about her and about her life and her experience that even if you are not pregnant or even if you are not a woman or even if you're like, I have no idea why that would be relevant to my life, from her story, we get to look into how God calls us to a greater purpose. 
When you look at all the things that we've been doing, like we have children's choirs and Journey to the Light, and last night was the cantata, and they're doing it again tonight, and so I encourage you, come back tonight for that. That was awesome, just like awe-inspiring. We haven't been able to do that for a while, too. And, uh, and, and all of these things that we do as a church, all the hard work that we put in as volunteers to, to make something like Journey to the Light free for 25,000 people. I mean, isn't that incredible that, that God brought that many people to hear the gospel? And one of my favorite jobs, I got to do many different things, but one of my favorite ones was uh, being a greeter. So I got to wear like the Christmas candle, or Christmas candle, Christmas, that, that would be dangerous. Christmas candle has fire. Uh, but it, it was like a Christmas light necklace, and I had one of the movie theater things, you know, where they're like, hey, what are you kids doing? You know, like one of those. And I got to be like, hey, keep on moving. Merry Christmas. And there were so, like the kids, oh man, the kids, they were ready to scream Merry Christmas to you before, before anyone, like the kids teach us how to worship. And of course, there was also thousands of puppies uh, just leaning out the window and they're like, there's a sheep, there's a sheep. You know, like they're so excited about the sheep and Jesus. And, uh, and then like, I'd, t I'd see some of you that I know, hey, Merry Christmas, strangers, hey, Merry Christmas. And then every now and again, there'd be that person that'd just be like, they would just go, go right on past. I'm like, Merry Christmas, um, yep. I'm gonna chuck that up to you, you're focusing on Jesus, okay? Uh, and, and, you know, that, that's, that's just how that goes. Um, but it is so good. It is so good to pull out the stops and to celebrate because our God is worth every bit of that. And there's so many people that are sitting around you and amongst you. There's people that uh, are wor working uh, here in the services today on staff that they are on like their 12 billionth hour or something like that. They, they are pouring their hearts out. You are pouring your hearts out as a church for a greater purpose. It's not to have a successful light show that everybody in town's like, oh, isn't that neat? That's great. But you know what's greater? Is introducing people to the story of the one who saves them. We're called to a greater purpose. Chase Allen, who you saw in that video, he is great at winning football games, but he, he knows he's called to a greater purpose. And that's part of it. But it's not all of it. What about you? What's your purpose in life? What, what are you here for, really? Most of us, we don't really take a lot of time to think about that. You know, I mean, some of us are weird. Like, I'm in this weird category where, where I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a journal, and I'm going to sit down in my prayer closet with the Lord. Lord, why am I here? Uh, you know, like, I might do a thing like that every now and again because I'm, I'm weird. But most of the rest of you normal people uh, who aren't weird, uh, you probably just like living your life. And, and purpose, you know, you find purpose in all sorts of different areas, but then also there's purpose that's fleeting, right? For some of us, we, we look at our job and there's, there's like, I mean, why do I even do this? What's this for? But then we get home and we see our family and we say, oh, this is what, what I'm living for. For some of us, we, we, it's the other way around. We, we like have all this purpose in our job and then we get home and we're like, Oh, so this is what family is, really? Or we get to Christmas, and, and we get together with in-laws, and we get together, and as soon as I say in-laws, half of the guts in the room go, you know, like, that's, that's, is this family, really? God's calling us to a greater purpose. God's calling you to a greater purpose. Here's a question for you. Um, what's this for? Well, there's a lot of different ways to answer that, Right? 
What's this called? It's called a phone. You know that. Like, this is a phone. It's got a picture of my daughter in her Halloween costume. She was uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, it was great. Very, very cute. And for me, I use this to look at pictures of my kids. I use this to, to call and text people. I use this for social media. There's a lot of different purposes. But you know what? The greatest purpose, if I'm honest, the greatest purpose of this thing is to distract myself. Is, can I get an amen? Is anyone like, I'm willing to admit, this is mostly in my life to distract me uh, from the things that I probably should be doing. No one's raising hand. It's just me. Okay, okay thank you. Oh, okay, I was going to say, well, uh, this is going to be a therapy session for me then. Uh, so yeah, buckle, buckle your seatbelts, people. Um, there's, and that's not what that thing's meant for, is it? That thing, well, unless you own those companies. Hmm. So anyway, uh, that's another sermon for another time. But there's all sorts of different purposes that our phone could have. You're probably not going to use it to, you know, um, you know chop wood. Uh, I don't recommend that. It's not going to work very well. But there's some things that it can do really well. What about you? You don't have just one great purpose in your life, and it's not just your career, it's not just, just your family, it's, not, it's this whole conglomerate, you're more like a phone, there's a whole conglomeration of things that will, you're not just a phone, you do lots of things, and God has called you to all of those things, and it all fits into something bigger. That's your greater purpose, is what's the bigger thing that it fits into? What's, what's the thing that lasts beyond you? What's the thing that's more? Because God's calling you to it. And the truth is that most of us, we look at, at a phrase like this, God is calling you to a great purpose. We look at that, and there's probably one or two emotions that come up for you, as it does for me. The first one being, that's exciting. There's a great purpose for my life. Uh, that means that I could experience more meaning and fulfillment and joy that goes along with that. If I discover what that is and live into it, that, that just sounds amazing. But it's a little nerve-wracking too, isn't it? Because what if I fail at my great purpose? What if I miss it? What if I'm too distracted with my phone and I, and I miss the great purpose that God has for me in this season or, or throughout my life? What, what, if, what if I don't like it? What if it's not what I hoped for and what I wanted, but it's what God made me to do? And, and what if people don't like me for it? When I was uh, called into ministry, uh, it was a, a very strange and unique experience for me. Um, very, very few times in my life have I been like, I know for a fact that was God uh, talking to me in some, some way. It wasn't like this voice, but it was just like where you know in your knower. It just was, was this incredible experience. And... Um, and I was sitting over there at the time, uh, kind of where you are, guy in the goatee, beard thing. Uh, yep. And uh, nice beard, by the way. Uh, super jealous of that. Um, anyhow, so I, I felt this call into ministry. And the first feeling that I had was, uh, that sounds like a career where I will never be able to meet a pretty spouse or something like that. Like, I, I made up something in my head. I'm like, I can't do this. Uh, and then, of course, like God was like, and let me introduce you to Michelle. And I'm like, oh, okay, God, you got this. Okay, all right. But, but God, we're probably going to have to eat rice and beans our, our whole life, right? And, 
and God took care of us there too. And, and, and there's all these things along the way that are like, oh, I probably can't do this. I can't do that. I'm not good enough. I sin too much. I, I don't know enough. I mean, uh, look, at, look at Pastor Mike or look at Pastor Richard. or look, look. And I was comparing myself and doing all these things. And I was doing anything and everything that I could to stay away from the thing that God had called me to do. It was like Jonah. Jonah, go to Nineveh. And Jonah's like, I'm going to Tarshish. See you later. That was me for a long time. And it's so interesting when you resist your purpose or you try to create your own for yourself outside of the one that your creator created you to do, well, it doesn't go so well. When I was in high school, I, uh, I knew this wasn't like knowing in my knower. This was like just I, I convinced myself that the world needed to hear me play guitar. And I was going to like bring the, I was going to bring like, like the guitar of ACDC into worship. And it was going to be the realm of glory and honor for the Lord. Can I get an amen? That should exist, right? Except here's the thing. It didn't work out, okay? Uh, and I thought that, that God was probably calling me, the greater purpose of my life was to be a worship leader, right? I was, but I couldn't sing and still can't. It's bad. It's, it's embarrassing. I'm not going to do it now. I'm tempted to do it now just to show you how bad it is. But do you believe me that it's bad? Okay. Uh, and so it won't lead anyone into the presence of the Lord. And uh, so I did not end up doing that. And when I put all of my eggs into this basket of like, I'm going to be this musician and this is who I am. And then it didn't work out. I had a little identity crisis there. And the truth is that when we don't know the purpose that God has called us to, our identity can feel unstable. We waste time on things that, that really don't matter, time that we can't get back. Maybe we're doing things that are still good, that there's nothing wrong with them, but maybe we're missing the things that are great. Maybe, maybe we're doing things that are good or we're going through the, the motions of life and everyone would say, yeah, you're doing a good job. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing, but you, there's still like this emptiness. There's parts that are full. There's parts that feel good, but there's also these parts that, well, it's like something's missing. God's calling you to a greater purpose. If anyone knows what it's like to experience the excitement of that and also the, the anxiety of that, it was Mary, the mother of Jesus. I asked you a minute ago, how many of y'all knew Mary? Most of you raised your hands. Um, Mary was a nobody in the uh, middle of nowhere, uh, ancient Near East in the first century. No, there's nothing about this woman that's remarkable until this day. When God sent an angel to tell Mary the exciting news that she was about to become a mom, but there's a lot to that. Mary, you have this purpose. It's really, really great. Let me tell you about it. But in her life, we can see even more how is God calling us to the purpose that we're designed for. So Mary, she's uh, the mother of Jesus. She's not notable. She's a nobody. And, and, uh, and by the way, how many of you um, right now can name one of the top three political leaders from the first century? Anybody? Anybody? 
Nobody, okay. But we knew Mary. We knew Mary, one guy. One guy knew one of them. Okay, you're a smart guy. Well, we'll I'm going to test you afterwards, though. Uh, you come talk to me. Uh, and so uh, one of us knows, knows them, their name. But almost all of us know Mary. She went from nobody to, to somebody significant. How did that happen? Well, this angel shows up and says, well, you have a purpose, Mary. The angel says, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. And uh, if you were in Mary's shoes, you'd feel like this too, confused and disturbed. I don't know if any of you have ever had the angel Gabriel show up in your world. Um, and maybe when you picture angels, you're, like, you're thinking like those little Cabbage Patch dolls with halos, you know, and the clouds that you see in like old art. You know, like, oh, yes, we love heaven. And we're playing a song on the harp. That's not the way that the Bible describes angels. Angels are more like mighty warriors, okay? At Journey to the Light, you might have noticed that there was uh, an angel at the nativity scene, um, and I had uh, the opportunity to do many different roles and characters at Journey to the Light. I wanted to do the angel, and um, there was the person that was coordinating all the volunteers. I'm not going to mention their name, uh, but uh, they said, you know, Nick, I know you'd like to be the angel, but we're really looking for some burly guys, So I said, thanks, Gail Smith. What? <laughs> Gail and her team and, and Michelle and, and uh, Rick and the production team, like there's just so many people that, that uh, just gave so much to making that week happen. Uh, can we just praise God for them just, just a little bit? Yeah. Such, such a blessing, such a blessing to our church. And uh, so I just, uh, it goes both ways, Gail. It goes both ways. So, uh, but angels were intimidating. And so this angel shows up, and Mary should be a little disturbed. Also, that's not an everyday occurrence. And also, what the angel said, it sounded a lot like what angels would say to people in the Old Testament that Mary knew. Why would God show up to me? I'm a nobody. I, I, I can't have a great purpose. Go to a noble dignitary. Go to a wise man or a king or, or something like that. And Mary was trying to think, what could this mean? What could this all be about? And then, well, the angel told her. And it honestly sounded impossible. How much room do you have for the impossible in your life these days? You know, one of the things that I think limits our ability to lean into the impossible things that God wants to do in us and through us is that we think that our position in life limits God, but that's not true. The truth is that God's purpose for your life and for my life, it's not limited by your position in life. God's purpose for your life, it, it's not limited by that. It's not limited by your position. You might think, okay, once I get into that job, when I'm promoted, when I'm finally promoted and get what I deserve, then I'll be able to fulfill my purpose. You know, God told the nation of Israel when they were in Babylon in captivity, they were, they, I mean, their temple had been uh, destroyed, their city had been destroyed, uh, and they were carted off to another land. They were made into slaves again like they were in Egypt. And, and, uh, and God says, hey, you're going to be here a while. So bloom where you're planted. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. I have a purpose for your life, and it's good. And even when you make mistakes and you leave me, I 
know how to bring you back to me and call you back. And the door is open to you. God's purpose for your life is not limited by your position at work. It's not limited by, some of you are like, I'm too young, I'm too old, I'm, I'm too this or that. I don't have enough followers. I don't have enough smarts. I don't have enough fill in the blank. If only I wasn't here, if I was there, then I could be significant. If only I didn't live in this state, I lived in that state, then I'd be significant. If only I didn't have this family and I had that family, then I'd be significant. If only I, if only I, if only I. God is ready to ignite the great purpose for your life right where you are. God isn't limited. He's not limited by, by your position. And your position might be lowly, like Mary's. You know the difference between Mary and, and me sometimes when I'm like, oh, if only, is that Mary was actually humble. If only is pride. If only is, well, if I just was handed this, then I could fulfill my purpose and then I would be happy. But God's saying, I am going to hand it to you, and I don't need you to do that for me to do this. By the way, that won't make you full. This is what you're made for. How does he know? Well, he made you. Your purpose in life, it's, it's not limited by your position in life. And so Mary, you know, she uh, gets this calling from God and, and, and essentially finds out that, hey, you're going you're gonna to carry God's son. And it's, it's going to be the fulfillment of all of the prophecy of the Old Testament. And, and it's like her mind is kind of blown, right? Like this is, this is crazy stuff. And then Mary has a question. It's a very understandable question. It's a question that I'm sure that you've asked in some way, shape, or form about your life and your purpose. It's like, okay, if I'm supposed to write that book or if I'm supposed to finish school or if I'm supposed to reach out to that person or to share my faith or to whatever it is that you're calling me to in this season or in my life, uh, how's that supposed to happen? Because I'm juggling a lot of things right now, God. I, I, how, how? How am I supposed to do this? And, and Mary asked the angel, and, she, and by the way, she asked in a very humble way. She says, but how can this happen? And, in other words, uh, and if you look at the text of the original Greek, the grammar is, is saying, it's almost like saying, how will this be the case? In other words, Mary believes it's going to happen, which, I mean, if an angel shows up and tells you something's going to happen, maybe believe him. Mary believes this is going to happen. She just doesn't see the way. Well, it's a good thing that God isn't limited by our limited foresight. It's a good thing that we have a God that sees the way before we can see a way, and he's trustworthy. And so uh, she says, here's an obstacle that I have. I I'm a virgin. By the way, I know that for some of you, uh, maybe you've kind of been with your arms crossed internally a little bit because we're talking about Mary, and you're like... Virgin births don't happen, and, and I understand that uh, because I've never seen one either. I've never, never seen a virgin birth. Um, I heard about it. I heard about it in, in the Bible, and you're like, well, you're a pastor. Of course you believe that. Yeah, I do. And the reason that I believe it isn't because I've seen it before, because it happens frequently. I believe it because, well, everything else that God has actually said that he would do, he would do. And Jesus, who predicted his own death and resurrection, and then he actually pulled it off, and actually rose from the grave, and, and his followers went from running away and deserting, following him, to all of a sudden being willing to die. 
for the message, well, I trust that. And if we have a God that can raise Jesus Christ from the dead, we have a God that can use a lowly, humble woman named Mary to bring his son into the world. If we have a God that can create this universe from nothing, I don't know, a virgin birth kind of seems, it's cool, but is it even that big? It's not big for God. Anything is possible with God. And Mary knows this, but she says, here's the problem that I have, I'm a virgin. And the, it, it, was, uh, it was mostly because she was saying, I know that me and Joe can't carry this baby you're talking about until we're married. So is it like, I'm going to wait until the wedding? Is it like, are you saying that I'm supposed to break some rules? Uh, that doesn't seem like God. Like, what, 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 how is this supposed to work? And so she gets her answer. And the angel says, well, it's, it's not going to be about you, Mary. There's this, this book, maybe you've heard of it, it's called Purpose Driven Life. Has anybody heard of that book? Uh, it, yeah, a lot of you. It, uh, it has been uh, on one of the bestsellers for years and years. Uh, it, and the reason being, and it's a, a book that's based on, it's not the Bible. There's things that aren't perfect about it. Um, but it does everything that it can to be faithful to that. And the very first line of it says, it's not about you. That's a, that's a great thing to remember. If you want to find your purpose, you're going to find that your purpose is not about you. And it's not even about your family or about your work or about others. It's about what he can do through you for others. This is what the angel tells Mary. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Someone say, overshadow. 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 What that means is that there's the things that you can do, and people will be like, wow, Mary, you're incredible. Wow, your work is amazing. Or your sacrifice is amazing. But then there's the things that God does through you, and and then you, you do them, and someone says, wow, God is amazing. That's to be overshadowed. And if you want a life that's filled with the purpose you were made for, you want to be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. And so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. This wasn't something that Mary could do on her own. This was something that God would have to do in her and through her. If you want God to work through you, you need to let him work in you first. But when it comes to your abilities, the things that you're good at, God gave us all gifts and that matters and that's important. But when it comes to the purpose God has called us to, well, God's way more concerned about your availability than he is about your abilities. God is way more concerned about your availability than he is about your ability to pull whatever your purpose in life is off. To withstand the storm. Your ability to withstand the criticism. Your ability to to come up with the idea. Your ability to take it to the end. With your ability to change the way that that's been working. All of your abilities, they matter. And God will use them. But I, I wonder if you want an upgrade to your abilities. And if you do, the easiest way to do that is to be overshadowed. 
you want to find your purpose in life, it's not to do some performance for God or for other people. It's actually to be a vessel. And let me explain it this way. So here's some cups, okay? And uh, the, I just grabbed these from our kitchen. And uh, so there's your, your average plastic cup. I was looking for a red Solo cup, but uh, we just didn't, we don't play beer pong at our house, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> no judgment on, well, a little bit of judgment on beer pong. Anyway, um, and so uh, then we have like the, the dusty glasses that we only get out for special occasions, you know. Uh, this, this has dust on it. And then there's the, the cup that's for survival, you know, the, the one that you, if you don't have it, there really is no purpose in life. And so, um, so all these cups, they are uh, what, what the Bible would describe as a vessel, a vessel. Uh, there's a picture of, of an ancient vessel, a clay pot, and a vessel takes, takes something and carries it from one place to another, right? Mary was a vessel. She was a vessel of the Son of God. She carried the Son of God and brought the Son of God into the world. And we too, the Bible says, we're vessels, we're vessels. We're to be filled with something. And we can fill our lives with all sorts of things. In this cup, I could, I could put pens. Okay? I, could, uh, I, could I could even use this cup for the purpose of digging a hole. It would probably break. Uh, but you know, I, I could probably, um, you know, I could pro- I don't know. What, could, what else could I put? Paper clips? I don't know. You could put whatever you want in here. But there's really only one way for them to be full. And it's for them to be filled with what? they were ultimately made for, to be filled to the brim. Because right now, two of these cups, they're full. And whatever context you find yourself in in life, there is a way for you to be full. There's a way for you to be purposeful. And there's also a way for you to be empty. And I want to encourage you to do what Mary did, to be available. It's not really about what you're able to do or the context that you find yourself in. You can be full and and overflowing uh, if, if the preacher isn't careful. And there's a way for you to be full. You're a vessel of the Holy Spirit. You're bringing something more into this world then you can create on your own. You want to know something really cool? See, before Jesus came into the world, the Holy Spirit would come on particular people in particular times in particular places to do a particular thing. That's the case with Mary, bringing the Son of God into the world. Did you know after Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, anyone that believes in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior has access to that Holy Spirit? Did you know that? In fact, this is what the Bible says. Let's look look at this uh, next verse. It says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That same power that took Jesus' dead body and made Jesus' heart beat again lives inside of you, Christian. Lives in you. See, some of us, I mean, coming back to our phones, you know, it's like, well, I have the Holy Spirit, but my reception's a little low. I need to kind of get in a posture where, where I can pick up on where God's actually lead, leading me. 
But you are a vessel bringing the light and love and power of God into this world. This is, this is what it says in another place. And I had, I had like 12 verses. I'm like, I can't fit 12 verses on a screen and expect anyone to read it. Uh, and so just go to Google and type in being a vessel in the Bible. And you're going to find tons of scripture on this. Look at this one. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. Jar, the word jars of vessel. It's a vessel. In jars of clay. So that it may be clear. To the world, that this extraordinary power, this life-changing thing, well, it's not from us. We're ordinary. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. It's God working in us and through us to do something greater than we could ever imagine doing on our own, something more abundant, something more magnificent, something more uh, life-changing and long-lasting than any of our lives could be. You're meant to be a vessel, refreshing and quenching the thirst of a dry, parched, and dying world. You are a vessel, Christian, of the Holy Spirit of God. And wherever you find yourself, you are there to bring God's love there. You are that kid's mom. And I know that it's overwhelming. But you are there to be a vessel there. You are that group's power life leader. And those boys are crazy. But God's called you there. You are that business leader. And God's called you to bring his light and love there. You are that entry-level employee, and God has called you to bring his light and his love there. See, when I, let's go back one slide. When I was uh, in Journey to the Light, uh, one of the other characters I got to play, this isn't me, this is our, our pastoral intern, Michael Jordan, great photo of him being Isaiah. Got to wear the same costume, I had a scroll, it was awesome, and uh, we just read one Bible verse over and 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 over. And then all the, like, the townspeople that wore their little costumes and had a sheep, which one of them got away. I don't know who let them go. But uh, uh, we found it. It's okay. The sheep's okay. And some of you are like, oh, the sheep. And some of you are like, ooh, mutton. Uh, and so anyway, the, the, uh, they were like always trying to like throw us off character and stuff like that. And uh, some of you driving by in the cars, like there was one kid I was holding the scroll out, and he said, Who are you supposed to be, Lord Farquaad? <laughs> I'm like, you're funny, kid. You're funny. I like you. So if you're here or they were in your car, you just tell them that they, uh, they owe Pastor Nick a meeting, okay? Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, and so we, we got to, to do this, and the way that it worked was uh, we actually didn't have to say it over and over to save our voice. It was on a recording. Now, the funny part is, the very first night, the voiceover recording that we had received was the voice of a woman. 
And so uh, if you know Dan from our care team, he was the very first person up to be Isaiah. And, and so he's up there and he's, he's a pretty, pretty big guy, pretty strong guy. He's, and, and also he's like one of those like gentle giants, kind of a teddy bear. And then you just want to give him a hug. Uh, he's awesome. And then he has got this, this great beard too, kind of like your beard over there. I saw you over there. And, uh, and he's got this great beard and uh, he's up there. And then the voice is a lot like, like the Siri voice, you know? And so, like, here's this big guy, and you're, gonna, you're thinking he's going to be, you know, for a people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. But it was, for a people who walk in darkness. <laughs> and, and I'm looking at this and like, I ain't doing it. I'm not doing it. I cannot do it. And I, I came and talked to him afterwards, and I asked his permission to share this. And he said, of course, uh, because he's just such a servant heart. I'm like, dude, you, are, you really are a servant heart. Because he was a champ up there. He's just like, okay, this is not what I went to school for. This is not, like, this, this is just, well, I guess it's what God has called me to do right now. So I pulled the plug, uh, and, you know, I didn't do the voiceover. I just yelled and lost my voice the first night. And then we got a, a male voiceover for the other nights. And, but when you think of lip syncing, some of you probably think Millie Vanilli. My dad called me that when he drove through. He saw me lip syncing, and he's like, Millie Vanilli! I'm like, Dad, I'm trying to be Isaiah! And so <laughs> some of you are like, who's Millie Vanilli? Uh, I was, uh, uh, was lip syncing, and, and it occurred to me that, like, that's really kind of like what being a vessel is. It's not about what you say or, or your voice or what you control. It, it's really God's word through you. You're just standing in that place and letting God work in you and through you, and the results belong to him. Do you know if you take credit for failures, it's very likely that you'll take God's credit for God's successes too? God is working through you, all you have to do is what he's called you to. And yeah, there might be people that criticize you. Yeah, there might be people that laugh at you and call you Lord Farquaad, okay? But when you're fulfilling your purpose for that season or for your life, there's nothing better. God's more interested in your availability than your Ability. Let's, let's skip two slides uh, and, and keep on going. And this is the last idea I want, want you to remember about Mary and when it comes to your purpose in life. See, first, it, it's not about your position. It, your position, it doesn't limit God's purpose in your life. And, and it's more about your availability than, than your ability because God's working through you. You're a vessel. But let's get honest. There's a cost, isn't there? A lot of us have lost something in what God has called us to do in life. A lot of us have resisted stepping into our purpose in this season or in our life because we know there's a cost. Because we know that someone is going to reject us. Or because we know we'll get hurt in some way, shape, or form. And so we resist. Or maybe... You or someone you love has been like the many people that have been coming in uh, recently. I, I don't, it's easy to blame everything on the pandemic, uh, but there's just been so many people that I've talked with in recent days that have been thinking about ending their life. I want you to know if that's, that's you, uh, you're, you're, not on, you're not here by any accident. 
I want you to know if you're considering ending your life, I want you to know you still have a purpose. And I know you can't see it. And I know that you can't feel it. And I know that the energy that it feels like you would have to muster up in order to keep going feels enormous and overwhelming. And it would just, it honestly would be easier. And you probably think that other people would be happier if you weren't here. And I want you to know it's no accident that you're here. God has a purpose for your life. There is a way for you to be full again. And God can redeem anything that's lost. God doesn't just give a silver lining when someone we love gets cancer. And we ask why. By the way, if someone ever asks you, why would God allow something like this to happen? One of the things I've learned as a pastor is they're actually not asking for a rational answer. They might say, no, I want a rational answer. But really what's happening is they're saying, I'm hurting so bad and I don't know how to change it. And so I'll grasp at rationality. And since I can't find it, at the very least I have somewhere to put my blame. I can blame God. And God's a big boy, he can take that. But they don't need a rational answer. What they they need is someone to come alongside of them. And God saw that. And so he came to Mary, and he said, Mary, you're going to have a son, and he's going to come into the world, and he's going to come alongside those who are sick. He's going to come alongside those who are broken. He's going to come alongside those that are cast aside. He's going to come alongside those that feel insignificant. He's going to come alongside of those who have messed up their life and other people's life. He's going to come alongside of them. He's going to be God with us, and it's just like what the angel said to Mary, greetings, Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with you. Why? To suffer with you? And to die? So that anything that's lost could be redeemed. Anything that's lost would have hope that the story doesn't end because of our limited foresight, that the story is bigger because you're connected to a purpose that's bigger and God can redeem anything that's lost. Imagine the pain. And by the way, some of you don't have to imagine. We've had multiple families in this church that have lost a child. Imagine the pain that Mary felt standing at the foot of her son's cross of anyone, she surely would be the closest person to feeling the pain of Jesus' dad, his heavenly father. And on the front side of the cross, it's really easy to say, this is senseless. These tornadoes are senseless. This wind, it's senseless. This pandemic, it's senseless. This cancer, it's senseless. There's all these things, all this pain. How are you supposed to find purpose in that? I don't want a silver lining. I just want my dad back. I don't want a silver lining. I just want to be better. I just want to feel better. I just want to get escape. I just want to get out of here. I just want things to be different. I just want Christmas to look different. On the front side of the cross, that, that makes perfect sense. But you know what's amazing is that Mary saw her son die 
but she saw him live again too. And on the other side of the cross, Mary would say, I would not change a thing. I would say yes to God a thousand times over, and I would stand at the foot of that cross a thousand times over because now that I'm on the other side of that cross and I've seen that my son is raised from the dead and that my life, my life is now free from sin, free from death, I have a victory that goes into eternity. That God can redeem everything that I've lost. It changes how we take up our cross, doesn't it? God, he can redeem anything that's lost. If you came up to me afterwards and said, well, here's my situation. Why is God allowing it? I mean, couldn't he just do it another way? Couldn't he, he should just snap his fingers. If he was really good, he'd snap his fingers. And you know what I'm going to tell you? I'm on the front side of the cross too. I don't know. And I'll probably hear your story and, and I'll probably say, I'm mad at God for you. That's awful. And there's going to be a day. There will be a day. Not where you get a silver lining. But where everything that's lost is redeemed. And you get more than a, just a nice purpose for your pain. You get your dad back. You get new life, eternal life with God, the one who made you, the one who gave you purpose, the one who called you to be a vessel. Here's the thing. There's a lot of us that we think that we're like, like this vessel and, okay, I'm supposed to have purpose. That'll make me joyful. Okay, great. Uh, and, and, you know, it's not about my position, so whether I'm, you know, the beer bong cup or if I'm, oh, you know, a fancy chalice, okay, whatever. But truthfully, I'm not this. I'm, I'm this. And I don't know how God's going to do anything with me. Because I'm broken. I want you to know that God doesn't, I can't do anything about this. You can't fix this cup and make it something that you would pour. Well, you could pour water into it. It would make a big mess, right? But you, no matter how broken you might be, God looks at this and he says, I can work with that. Your, your position, it, it, it's not the thing that's going to determine whether you're a vessel. It's the great purpose that I have for you. Your abilities, that's great. But your availability... For me to work in you and through you, that's what's going to change the world around you. And anything that you lose along the way, not only am I with you, not only do I grieve with you, not only do I come alongside of you, I will redeem everything that is lost. There's a purpose for you. And so Mary, she ends up pregnant, not by Joseph. Joseph is visited in a dream by Gabriel, the same angel, and takes her as his wife. And then God does exactly what he says will happen. And to hear that story, you'll have to come back next week. I want to leave you with this question. What is that greater purpose that God is calling you to?
See, you know what Mary did? Is she gave the pen for writing the story of her life to God. She became available. She decided to lip sync. She decided to be a vessel. She said, God, I had all these ideas of how it would go, but I'm going to give this to you. I trust that you are a better author than me. You're the author and perfecter of my faith. You're the author of, of all of creation. You are the one that is now and forever. And your love. And so I hand you the pen. I want to pray for all of us today as, as we figure out, okay, what is God, and maybe you can talk about this in, in the car on the way home or, or uh, over dinner tonight, like what, what are some of the things that God has called you to do? What's the greater purpose that God, how can you step into it? How can you actually step into it with faith? Not that you are enough, but that God is enough in you and through you. How can you actually do it? And can you imagine if just this service, this one, if we all said, this is the purpose that God has called me to do, uh, to be in this, this world in this time, and I'm going to actually do it. Can you imagine what would happen? Can you imagine what our city would see? What would happen to our families? It would be, well, it would look impossible. Good thing, nothing is impossible with God. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you have a great calling on every single person in this room. It is not an accident that any of us are here because you have been leading us. Thank you that you work whether or not we're working with you. And so, God, I ask that you would move all of our hearts to begin working with you in what you're up to in the world. I ask, God, that you would fill every single person here with the same Holy Spirit, afresh and anew, the Spirit that brought the Son of God into Mary's womb. Would you, God, fill them now with vision and passion and drive and, and conviction to go and to do and to be exactly who you called them to be, not so that they can perform for you, but so that we together can be a vessel of your love. And we ask for your grace, for your love. And we pray this together in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.